0: Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. And all
1: that is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley back again for Supercoach TLT Round 16, Billy the week after rep round where nobody played, we didn't have any NRL action and we had a resounding New South Wales victory, which I was happy about, but no super coach. So I think that everyone is absolutely champing at the bit just to get into some super coach again this week. I know I am. Uh, I'd asked you how you went last week, but none of us had any scores. I really enjoyed rep round. You were in Queensland during a New South Wales flogging of the Queenslanders. So I'm not sure how you did
0: mate I cleaned up 20 all the best with everyone in the office on a millionaire. It's all good.
1: <laughs> I was loving the thirteen plus odds and um I had I actually had one one big one on top sport with um Burton, uh Tedesco, a minus seventeen and a half blues and I just needed Tedesco to score. And I might have even had another try score. It was like thirty five to one. I was absolutely spewing that Tedesco didn't get across the line.
0: <laughs> he took enough hit ups, mate. He, he was—you'd think he would have got there eventually, but yeah, too too many three-meter hit ups, not enough tackle busts, moving out wide. So I, oh. I don't—I don't, I don't think he even got a single ball away. It was just all—it it was more like a, a fourth prop.
1: Yeah, he was he was just taking a lot of one out stuff, um, which a lot of people say like he was hogging and stuff. But if you have a look at like eighty percent of his runs and he had like twenty-six were actual hit-ups. Like there was no one there because it was just a hit up. He was going in and looking for the ball. It's, it's like the anti stags, where you know, Stag stands out in the center and get, catches a cold and does his job. And if if people don't get him the ball, it's their fault. Whereas Teddy actually just goes, I'm gonna go in and have a run then, and he does it all the time. But yeah. I tell you what, there was that that pain we whistle that got blown when Teddy was through. Yeah, in that first half, I was absolutely spewing about that. And about three times in that second half, when it was open slather for tries, Jake Javoyevich did not look inside, and Teddy's just run straight through at the back, right into the <laughs> ruck, and he would have gone <laughs> straight through. And I'm like, no, that's yeah,
0: it. yeah, and that's the way it rolls. <laughs> it's just, it's just, on the um the hit up stuff. How good was it seeing um Brian Tuo and um your old your old mate Super? How good was it seeing them run collectively for basically 600 meters and um. You've got Cobbo running, what, touching the ball three times. <laughs> surely, surely they've got to get. Surely they've got to get more involved. The Queensland backs.
1: Yeah, look, it wasn't a great game for Queensland, but you know, and, and it was like New South Wales back three were did the same thing in game one though, and they lost. So, yeah. I mean, the, the, really, they just did this. They, they weren't the weakness in game one anyway. Um, they did the, the same thing in game two, and, and the rest of the team fired. But. For Supercoach, we did see that um there was some great Supercoach analysis posted by a couple of the sites and stuff that had the Supercoach scoring for that state of origin game. And Nathan I Cleary scored that. 176 points. So if that's an omen for, for the next couple of weeks, geez, and there was a huge Cleary game as far as supercoach points.
0: Yeah, I um I, I cleaned up on that game. I um I pulled um, I pulled a couple hundred bucks. We I was about ten points off the uh the uh the four grand from the, uh, the the fantasy scoring in that game, but they will try again.
1: Mm, well, it was a great weekend of rep round, but we do need to get back into Supercoach, and this is a great week to do it. We are obviously two weeks away from the buy round, so everyone listening, especially those that are listening for the first time, we've got TLT every week on this podcast for the NRL All-Stars. It covers just Supercoach, and then we hit that on a Wednesday for you all to listen to. We record another one on Thursdays. That hits on a Friday. That one's just an all footy podcast. So if you want to hear just footy, tune into that one. Talking footy episodes from the NRL All-Stars podcast hitting every Friday. And look, this week it's going to be great because we're going to talk about origin uh, and we're going to talk about a few other things. But for Supercoach, what we've got coming up next week is a buy special. So we've got obviously the last buy round of the year, the one that's right before the run home. So it's a really important one. Me and Billy are both going to be on next Tuesday to talk about that and run through the whole buy round and try and hit that as hard as we can. But for this round, we've got round 16 coming up. Now, before we get into TLT, like we normally do, we'll have a bit of strategy chat. Billy, one of the things that I was keen to talk about this podcast briefly was uh, we always talk about, you know, um, people not having enough trades and we rarely talk about the other people. And, and I think they're being left out in the cold a little bit because people at the moment that have saved trades they're in for a real big advantage at the moment. It's really important that they take advantage of it. So one of the things that I even toyed with, and I'll use it as an example, you know, I I don't have enough trades to do this, but someone like James Tedesco that we were talking about before, he's got 157 break even. Um, He plays post, he doesn't play round 17 because of the buy. He plays Penrith this week, but round 18, they actually play the Dragons in a relatively easy matchup that's on the Saturday afternoon. So only a couple of days after Origin. Uh, So there's a good chance that he won't play 17 or 18. And this week in round 16, he's playing the Penrith Panthers, where he'll probably drop, you know, good chance 60 or 70K. So all of a sudden, you know, I was thinking to myself, how do I find money to bulk up my round 17 numbers? I'm looking at Teddy that's over 750,000 with a massive beer, That's only going to give me one game out of the next three weeks, potentially, and it's going to be against the best team in the comp in the Penrith Panthers, Uh, And I was looking, well, you know what I should do? I should sell him and I'll buy him back in in three or four weeks. And I'm not really going to lose anything from that. That is something that I would have been keen on if I had a lot of trades, but I don't. But it does open up the strategy talk this week because that's the type of thing that I think that that coaches should be looking at. It does a few different things, Billy. It gives you a real big up in your round 17 numbers, but it also is a a sneaky cash grab where you can actually utilise the fact that you've got a lot more trades than everyone else and just burn them for a couple of week rentals. So you could go to like a, a Clint Gutherson for round 17, for instance, getting to play the next couple of weeks, uh, bank 400K, Teddy drops another 100, 100K maybe, you know you might have a 500K swing, 500K bank for you there and you can just do that trade straight back later on. You know, There's those type of swings that if you've got a lot of trades, you really should be looking at. But the other thing that it can do for you is everyone's going to be playing Tedesco this week because if you own him, you've got to play him, right? Uh, and everyone's probably going to hold him um, as I am because I want him for the run home and I don't have the trades to be able to get him out and back in. But you can zag away from someone who's 25% ownership and get someone in that's that's like 5% that's going to outscore him for sure over the next few weeks. So those type of things really catch you up. I think that a lot of people that have a good amount of trades at this point and a good amount, like if you've got 20 plus trades, you're absolutely flying to me. So I think that's a really good strategy at the moment, particularly leading up to the buy round. Um, What are your takes on that type of strategy for those that actually have a lot of trades that they can burn?
0: Yeah. I'm not sure I'd do it with um, Tedesco. You're right. He's got some... um... Game is going out pretty going going home system pretty soon. They've had an absolutely horrendous run the last few weeks, which is why the cash has dropped. But
1: um, I'm just using Teddy as an example of many guys that you could do this type of thing with. But I'm also saying you have to buy him back, like, and that's why I'm not doing it because I don't think that he's, a, he's someone that you should sell um, because you need him for that run home. And even if he gets named for that Dragons game, you have to you have to have him back for that. But if you've got 20 plus trades, you can easily just get him back in a in a couple of weeks if you have to.
0: No, nah, I wouldn't say you need him for the run home. Like, I'd be more than happy to run with sort of Pappenhusen and and Hines, uh, clearing has the spine. And you've obviously got a couple of other players in there you can sort of um, choose from. Um, yeah, look, if you've got um, 15 to sort of 20 trades, particularly sort of 20 trades, you've got to burn them. But you, there's no point in having those sorts of trades at, at the end of the season and saying, look, you know, I, I almost got there, I almost made the finals. You made the finals or, or or you didn't. So burn the hell out just to get in the finals, and if you're running on fumes at the end, at least you're in the finish.
1: Yeah, so definitely you need to have a look at, at burning them now because you don't want to be um, it, it, the worst. The worst thing is to end up with trades left at the end, um, or to end up, you know, getting to the end like Billy said and missing out on your head-to-head finals anyway, or, or falling too far out. I mean, round to me like round round sixteen to eighteen is the last segment of games where you can really um, make up a lot of ground quickly. And I say that because um, now, you know, round 16, we've got a period where it's um, there's a lot of origin guys that are actually 50-50 on even playing because of how the origin went, guys like Munster and so forth that are heavily owned. Round 17 is obviously a buy round, so that's a big, big one too. And round 18, you're going to find a lot of the origin players are going to get rested and not play. So these are three weeks that you can really have a, a quick leg up Whereas after round 18, as you know, Billy, like that's basically, that's the run home, right? And there isn't really many other opportunities where you can make up a heap of ground. So I'd be burning, if I had 20 trades, I'd be burning everything that I had the next three weeks um, and doing some of those um, swaps for runs and, and swapping out some highly owned guys that might, you know, bleed a lot of cash. Teddy's an example. I wouldn't, you know, you don't necessarily have to trade him, but certainly I think you can take advantage of it, get the buy numbers in make some sneaky cash, but definitely zag away from those popular players because, I mean, I'm a Roosters fan. I don't love, like, Joey Manu is another good example. I don't love Joey Manu this week as a play against the Panthers, for instance.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't really like him at right centre at all, but he just keeps proving me wrong when he keeps going through the line. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, I, I don't like anyone versus the Panthers at the Storm. Um unless it's, you uh, know, Brian, uh, like a Brian 2 who you know is going to have hit-ups look, Manu's not the worst but he's a tackle buster, he's got a good work rate but he does have his he does have those 40s in him too, so um, if, if he was playing fullback 100%, he's just going to have those runs, but not at that right centre not if he's moving to 5'8 to cover for anyone um, Kiri obviously is not there but I don't think there's going to be a last bit of rotation there, but I just yep. don't like him
1: Fair enough, well everyone with big trade numbers, you're absolutely blessed because I think 80% of super coaches um, definitely have under 15 trades, but if you got over 15, you, you really should be looking at ways to maximise out over the next few weeks. And I would certainly be looking at the uh, the trade-out rental and then the buyback on some of these guys. Um, and there's a few of them that you could look, that, uh, look at that with too. And the best way to look at it, guys and girls, is just to go, you know, how many games is this guy going to play? And if they're an origin player, have a look at their draw for round 18, because if they're first up on a Friday, they're not going to back up from Wednesday most of the time. So you can pretty much say, okay, well, only one out of the next three weeks, I'm actually going to get a game out of this guy. Is it worth it? Uh, and sort of work back from there on a couple of them, I reckon. But, really, let's get into TLT. Manly versus Storm is the first game. And it is a round where oof, there's a lot of injuries around and there's a lot of uncertainty with some of these team lists. The Seagulls have got Josh Alloy ruled out, but not really much change for super coaches. Ben Travojevic is 18th man, so that could become a little bit troublesome um, if he ends up playing and, and scoring six points again. The Storm, however... Um, they've named Cameron Munster to start, but, you know, all the talk was that he was going to be out for maybe even a few weeks, maybe even Miss Origin 3. Kafusi is out. Chris Lewis is named to start there. Josh King starts at prop. Brandon Smith at lock. And Ryan Pappenhausen is in the reserves in Jersey 19. Huge amount of uncertainty on the storm front for this game. Uh, when we're having a look at market, watch Billy to have a look at the movement. Kohler is getting traded out for merely the third most. That makes complete sense. Burbo is the seventh most. Uh, that makes sense too. Munster is at number 10. So I think it's well worth talking about Munster for this because it is the first game. So I, so that's a big benefit for this because coaches are going to have the benefit of being able to see an hour before kick the round even starts, what's going to happen, and then be able to trade to anyone else if they need to. You know, for me, Cameron Munster is one of those prime examples that we we're talking about with that strategy. He's 680,000. He's got 110 be. And he's playing mainly this week potentially, but I would be very surprised if he plays. If he's out this week, he's not going to play round 17. And that's the next two weeks that you're not going to have Cam Munster. And he's got 110 BE, uh going to play Canberra in round 18 after Origin if he backs up. So I understand people uh, selling him. And he is a really highly owned player, Billy. He's easily the most highly owned 5'8 that there is in Supercoach. So that is one of those ones where you could zag away uh, and even if he's named, you know, do you think that it's even something that you consider knowing he's not playing next week, where you have to sacrifice someone for the next two weeks, and you go, well, maybe Munster goes out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I sacked him, I think about a week ago or two weeks ago for the for the for the last the last of the bye run, So I'm kind of, uh, for super coach wise, I'm kind of glad that he's kind of not at his peak, but no, obviously hope he comes to the healthy too, but the other reason that I swayed me that decision early was the fact that um, Bellamy Rest, basically the entire team last three years running for that last round, so keep keeping in mind he's possibly not going to play it around, so 26, so it would, that was just an additional motivation and there. have to get rid of someone at some point if you're going to get rid of buyers, and he was just a, a logical sort of not fit, not sort of guessing you just kind of hope he doesn't come out and score 150 in one of those games he does play that's all.
1: Yeah, and I think you've got a bit of a safeguard this week against that, you know, because yeah. you know, if if Manly start to get flogged, which is very which could happen against the storm, uh, and they're up by a lot, you could easily see Kevin Munster playing 60 minutes and going off. And in fact, I'd be really surprised if they're up 20 with you know 20 to go if Munster isn't roped off with that injury. So I, I think you've got a bit of a safeguard in selling him because even if he starts okay if there's a flogging, then, you know, he's probably going to get roped off. And if there isn't, he's going to be playing 80 minutes, you know, maybe a little bit tired, maybe a little bit underdone. And it's going to mean that it's a tighter contest perhaps. So, you yeah, know, they, I, I don't mind it.
0: Their, their position on the ladder is pretty, pretty secure. If, if he was only going to play 80 minutes, surely Bellamy would just rest him straight up and just not, not bother putting him in. Like, unless it's one of those injuries, which where the pain is going to be around for the next four weeks and you're going to have to needle it for a month anyway, what's... What's one extra week? But um, mm.
1: oh, yeah, I tend no. to think that he's not going to play anyway. So it, we'll probably have that decision. But I mean, if he, you agree to me that if he gets ruled out this week, I, I would be very much leaning to selling him.
0: Oh, yeah. This week, then the buy around, then potentially resting afterwards and not playing there are and, and being rested the last game of the season, likely, I'd just get rid of him.
1: Yeah. And he's going to drop in price. So you can always look at buying him back later on as well. Grant Anderson. He's he's the top player at the moment for trade-ins. And, you know, it's, it makes sense. He's got a minus 50-odd break even. Um, he's gone 32 and 84 points in his last two games. His base price center win for the Storm. And you, you're hoping that he's going to play, obviously, round 17. So, makes total sense. Couple of little flags to throw up for this purchase, so for this week, Billy. Against Manly, you know, the Storm could do them in pretty well and he might be in for a try or two. He scored two tries on debut and that got him maybe four points. I, don't, I do like him for a try this week, but there is no guarantee in round 17 that he, he's even going to play. I mean, at the moment, even this week, like if Pappenhausen comes in, you'd think that shifts meaning to the wing and potentially Grant Anderson is in out of the side. So, you know, if Pap comes in this week, that might happen anyway, and it's going to be a quick reverse an hour before kickoff. But if not, maybe... People will buy him anyway because they need a downgrade. But then round 17, Pappenhausen gets named not in the blue squad and to play for Melbourne Storm. You're probably going to have the same thing happen. So how do you see Grant Anderson? Because to me, he kind of smells like one of those ones where I think you need to have the expectation that, look, I might make some good cash. He might keep starting for a few weeks. But... You know, I need to be prepared for a worst case scenario that he ends up sitting there like a burbo with a big negative yeah. break even, and then I just have to have him sitting around as dead wood, and that's fine because I've got a downgrade out of it.
0: Yeah, I don't like him, and the reason is because um, number one there's obviously the the unknown of that round. Um, he's surely only going to play that one round too, and the fact that if you if you go back and look at the the quality of players that were available for the the first buy round, a lot of them were in the sort of center three quarter position like you. And, and it's very, very sort of similar for the next sort of buy round. There's not much available in the second row and the front row that you want to sort of get in. So you're basically taking up a valuable ball position in in, in that sort of back line because that's where a lot of the ball sort players are. So if you're trying to catch up, people are trying to get like the Mulitalos in and someone that and has the has the potential to do what um, Manu did in sort of the, the first buy round. So getting a black like club that, like that in, just a clogs up a spot and B. With the entire sort of storm sort of spine out, well, what are the odds he's going to go over for what one try, let alone two in that game anyway? Like, why would you want to burn a trade just for what, what one price rise or one one game into 30 to 80 points? So, yeah, not from if it was the first buy around in a couple of games, maybe, but I just think it's a waste of a trade for now.
1: Yeah. and it, And if coaches are doing it to make money and you've only got sort of sub 15 trades, you should really reconsider really that move as well, because it's going to be two trades for you. It's going to be a trade to get him in and a trade to get him out. And at this point of the game, it's just not worth a hundred K just to, to even bother doing that. So uh, Ryan Pappenhausen though, extended squad, Jersey 19, the third most traded in player at the moment. So it does look like a lot of coaches are prepared to jump early on Pap. He's got 144 break even, and he's about 930,000. So, Quite a bit of money. I know a lot of coaches have been looking at ways to plan ahead, which is good. A lot of coaches I've seen have had bank that they've uh, managed to save up for the Pappenhausen purchase. I don't think he's going to play Origin, so he's going to be just about a must-have next week. But 144 B.E., first game back from injury. If he does come in, Billy, uh, there's no way that I'd get him this week, um, even as a, a real pod play, to sort of get a game up on the masses. I still wouldn't do it. I just think that there's too many... Uh, too many flags there with everything and including what you mentioned earlier where Ber- Bellamy can treat these guys with kid gloves um, you know and again if they're up easily against Manley you could easily see Pappenhausen come off just like I said with Munster and, and Meany just slots back to fullback you know so yeah, I, I just don't think it's really worth it jumping on at that price with that break even for this week uh, but Ooh. quite a few coaches are
0: yeah look for the most part, I agree with you um I'm not doing it i wouldn't would advise it i like like you said uh first week back- first week coming back injury, high break even, that sort of price you know, easy sort to of wait and wait and see a week than get. In. I think the only reason you would want to potentially sort of get him in this week is if you're Somehow, one of the lucky people that's to rate right between, I don't know, maybe 100 and 1,000, and you need to make up ground quick. He's one of the few players which um, you would most likely have no one in the tops of 100 owns at this point, because he hasn't played for a while. So, maybe a lot of people in the, in the top 100 are doing the same thing you and I are doing, you go and going, look, let's just sort of wait a week, see how he performs, and then get him in. So Maybe it's the 50 grand cheaper when he's healthy. Um, maybe the people behind need a bit of a leg up and at this point in the season, when cash and trades really don't mean too much, it's just kind of um, just getting in. If it doesn't work, then so what? They lose, what, 40, 50 grand, but at least sort of taking a punt and still getting some likely decent points. So that would be the only sort of play I can see for getting in.
1: Yeah, look, there is some merit to it. And, like, you know, the Tedesco example I gave earlier, you know, Teddy has a hard matchup and he's got that draw. Like, there's a there's an easy path there to get to a this week. He's still averaged 96 points a game this year. You know, we forget about him because he, he went off injured round nine and we haven't seen him again, but he's still averaging 96 points for the season across nine games, including one where he only played 50 minutes due to injury. And in fact, he's got four games out of his nine that he hasn't played the full 80 minutes. So he's having a stellar season. He's obviously going to be a big talk next week when we're talking about the buy round and pretty close to a must have for that, provided he's not obviously selected for origin. So, yeah, there is some merit in what Billy says there because you, you can do those type of moves to try and catch up. I, I won't be, but if you've got a lot of money, a lot of trades and an easy path there, then, you know, you could take the punt um, on this game, Billy, to finish up on it. Normally, the Storm would have a lot of vice-captaincy options that you'd want to look at. I'm just not too sure this week because, obviously, Munster's under a cloud. I did think someone like Harry Grant, his game really lends itself to, to playing against Manly um, because of, you know, maybe their pack can be a little bit susceptible, maybe their edges. But Manly actually have the third best record against Harry Grant for supercoach. As far as opposition goes, that's the third hardest opposition that he plays for his highest score. His highest score is only 74 against Manly, and that's the third worst out of the 16 teams. So his numbers historically haven't been that great. Um, he's obviously coming off, you know, Origin, where it could be a bit sore. Yeah, I don't really see any VC or C options. I'm going to throw in this one, but I guess if somebody was going to throw in a Pappenhausen and just wants to go for a flyer VC, that's probably the one that makes the most sense, just because of the upside and everything. Yeah, he's
0: probably only played what a few games though. You got to remember the the season before last was, was with the Tigers, and it was only sort of half no, the um, probably only sort of one, one sort of game in there. So, look, I think it's a small sort of sample size, but. If you're going to choose someone from that team, it's either a, uh, a healthy puppy or a grant. There's no-one else in that team You're going to VC. So um, if you're looking for one early, I'd still, I wouldn't still I would have any fear of doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a VC. You're certainly not going to see anyone in, in this one. Uh, on top sport, bed of the week for this one, Storm are at $1. thirty-six, which I, I found quite interesting. You know, the, the Storm don't look like they're going to be really at full strength. Uh, it is going to be played at four pines at Brookvale. So, yeah, yeah. I get it. I do kind of like the line though. Minus eight and a half for a dollar ninety for the Melbourne Storm. I reckon I'm gonna jump on that one and, and back the Storm for a victory, but if Munster's out, you know, that's gonna be a pretty big deal. Knightsworth Titans is the next one. This is far, far from a good matchup as far as viewers are concerned. a couple of the teams that are that are on equal points for last place. Uh, the Titans are dead last on four and against. Not a great one, Billy, but for super coaches, there is some news. Um, Kalen Pong is out, so that kills my <laughs> my draft team, at least. Titans, they've got David feeder back on the bench. Uh, that's going to be an interesting watch because he's got 129 BE. So it, it will be interesting how much he can drop the next couple of weeks if he starts to become a purchase again. But really, Billy, you know, there's no market activity for either of these teams, and with really good reason. Probably the only guy that's still piquing my interest that I just raised a couple of weeks ago is Barnett. And that's partially because, too, with Kalen Pong out, you know, probably Tex Hoy kicks. But, you know, on the off chance that we're going to get big edge minutes from Barney and he's going to even get the goal kicking, he's got a 32B at 465,000. And he scored 71 in 66 minutes last time against the Raiders. Against the Titans, that's one of the best edges for him to be running at. So I would expect that he could have a really good game this week. He's short-priced as well. So he's a good player this week, and he's going to cover you next week. So I really see him as sort of one of those guys that you want to buy this week because next week you're going to have guys like Pappenhausen you're going to have to fit in and some of these other ones. So really planning-wise, um, maybe a Barnett, someone that you could target this week for next and get the good matchup this week against the Titans edge.
0: If you're going to get him in here, this is the way to do it. Um, started with him... I can't remember if it was last year or the year before when he was sort of starting to the left edge and kicking goals. And he looked, yep. he looked a lot more involved in the 80 minutes plus the goal kicking. Um, I think he had a couple of line breaks in the tries early and really sort of indicated his selection. But then when he starts playing, all of a sudden, you know, so 65 minutes or rotating up to that middle again and then lose the goal kicking. It gets gradually worse and worse and worse. And then you like, It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Like, why have I still got him?
1: (laughs) It was a bad run because he had like six games where he was just a beast. And then he just was a middling sort of 45 to 50. And it was just really frustrating. It
0: happens. They do that. They rotate. So don't get sucked into the, you know, buying 80 on the edge to kick him because that will not last. I think if you're going to buy him, you're going to buy him for the strategy and the reason that look, I'm confident he's going to play a couple of games on the edge. Hopefully he's got some kicking. He'd have the right price for get me through, but just be prepared that he might turn to lard again, and sort of just be that sort of plot of it. You either don't have the money to trade out for, or he just to say to yourself, "Look, he's done his job. You're leaving there. He's an inver. He's an A. He can fill. And or maybe if you're lucky, he just stays eighty minutes on the edge. And even if he loses goal kick, he's eighty minutes on the edge again. So one of those ones you can probably take a punt with at the price.
1: Hundred percent agree. And it's I'll finish up on Barnett by saying. This is a week to get him for your planning, it's probably better. But his top scorer of all time in super coaches is against the Titans at 125 points. Uh and he loves playing them. His best, his his average is 72 points against them, which is his career best as well. So for 465k yeah. with this opposition and how well he's played against them previously. Uh I I really like him as a buy if you're going to get him for 17, if you've got the trades. Get him for sure because you can easily trade him out and if it all goes to shit, and then it, and it may very well do that. But
0: yeah. <laughs> The one other thing to add with him is um, at the very least, no one earns any Titans or any sort of Knights. At least he gives you a player to watch that game.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. It does make it interesting. And look, I think that Barnett is, is better at odds than what the bookies will say he is for a try this week. Um, I, I think that he's a decent chance of clutch attack this week. So... I'd, look, I, I quite like him this week. If if I had the trades, I would think it's a no-brainer to get him this week and get the cover for next week. But, yeah, it's, it's it, I, I really like him for this week. So, certainly, have a look at him. See what your forward pat looks like. I'm going to consider it, um, but I, I'm at the trading point where I'll probably have to leave him there. So, that's why it makes it a bit harder. Top swap bet of the week uh, look on this one. Titans are outsiders despite Ponga being out. Dollar ninety eight. It is at Newcastle Stadium, Billy. But geez, these are two pretty poor sides. I reckon I'm going to have to just take take the fifth on this one and just not talk about it and just move on. Even though Top Sport have great odds there for Newcastle at dollar at home. Let's just move along. Panthers versus Roosters. This has to be the highlight of the weekend, surely. Um, the Panthers side. They've all been named. All the Origin players. They're all going to step up, but they do have a couple of halves in the extended squad, so it will be interesting because it is the third game and is going to cause a bit of chaos if there's any late changes. You wouldn't think that there would be based on what we've seen. Uh, The Roosters side, Luke Curie hasn't recovered and he's not even in the 22-man squad, so he's no chance of playing. But Victor Radley is back, and that's going to be big for the Roosters. And just quietly, Victor Radley was playing that buy round next week. He's someone that might even get down to 360, 370K. He could have been a decent play, but, you know, unfortunately, Roosters are off. Big week, Panthers versus Roosters. The Roosters are out of the eight. They need to win, but the Panthers are the Panthers. Market watch out, Billy. I'm finding this really interesting. Butcher's the fifth most traded player out. Uh, That makes complete sense. He's done his job. You get Butcher out. Targo, I find that he's uh, really split on opinion with him. I traded out Targo like a month ago. I, I sort of decided that I was going to I was gonna keep May. He was my Panther that I was going to keep, and Targo I was going to sacrifice. And I don't feel too bad about that. Um, Targo now, a, lo- a lot of people are jumping off. He's averaging 59 for the year, uh, but his scores really since around 11 uh, have been uh, not great, 56, 58, 58. 69 with a try and 38. You know, he's just, he hasn't really been firing and it's against a lot of opposition that he should. His last game in round 15 was against the Warriors where he only threw up 38 points. Uh, the Dogs in round 13 before they became, you know, a top eight looking side almost the last couple of weeks. Only 58 points. Yeah, it's at 512,000, a break even in the 70s, not playing round 17, up against the Roosters this week. It seems like a fine time to sell. Um, I will just remind coaches, though, that round 18, he does have the Tigers. So if you're selling any Panthers players, round 18 should make you at least pause and consider what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. <clears throat> he was one of those players that I wanted to get rid of about a month ago uh, as well. Um, You've you got to find money somewhere. And um, I think the key for me was two things. Number one... Um, He's what was this? You want to say? Yeah, his ceiling. He doesn't seem to have a massive ceiling. So even though he's in the best side best side in the comp, even when he does perform, there's nothing that he's gonna do that doesn't that's not gonna hurt you. It, he's basically the, the the equivalent of just play, playing like a forty-five or fifty minutes of PBM four or someone off the bench. So I think you can cover almost the, the same sort of points with uh, someone half the price or or or, or Almost muffy basically. Um, it makes sense to sort of cash him in. The flip side to that was they just had an insanity sort of soft sort of runs coming up. So that was a reason for keeping him and just sort of hop, hoping that he gets the Jag up. And so I think if you're owning now, you're in you're in two, two, two states of mind. So uh, Number one, you're just going to get rid of him. He, he, he's, your, he's your cash cow to sort of uh, cash out to someone for the, the next sort of buy round or, or load up. Or secondly... He's a guy that you can just it's a luxury. You just leave him on the bench. You don't play him or you have to play him because he's not hurting you. He's giving you sort of basically a fifty nine average and you just sort of hope that the Panthers go on the tear.
1: Yep. No, I agree with all that. And look, I don't I don't think it's wrong to hold him at all. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sell everyone on why you should sell him. There's only there's one number that I'll throw out there that says to me, sell him sixty one percent. That is how many coaches own Targo. And at the moment, like I was saying at the start of the podcast, if there's players that are 61% owned that are going to be played often by coaches that are not firing, that's a really easy opportunity um, to get on top of those coaches, especially when that player in Targo doesn't play round 17. So his ownership, really, if I owned him right now rather than when I sold him a month ago, his ownership would make me sell him. uh, Because like you said, he doesn't have that ceiling. He doesn't have those big scores. I, I just see it as a really good opportunity this week to get off him at a reasonable cash-out amount um, with 61% of coaches owning him.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. you um, just got to find something to fill your boots, that's all.
1: So, most traded in out of this one. Cleary makes sense. If you don't own Cleary, you probably should own him. Ty, <laughs> number seven. I, I, I've just got to say, you know, Ty was our, our buy of the week oh, wow. um, in round 15. I absolutely loved it, especially for head-to-head players. Just loved it. Came through and it was actually around fourteen. Came through with 116 points, followed up against the Warriors with 101. That was the perfect two weeks. Like that I wanted Toto so much. He was only five hundred and sixty-four thousand. He's now six hundred and twenty-eight, thousand, but he's got a six he's got a single digit break even. And he's coming up against the Roosters, which isn't great, but he'll still probably score decent. And then he's got the Tigers right after the bye. If you're a head to head player, you know, now's Not the best time to buy Targo because that was a couple of weeks ago, but it's probably the second best time because he's just going to be more expensive the more that you wait. So I totally understand um, coaches bringing him in. He is still someone, Billy, who just is nowhere near the ownership that we've seen in the past. So when you're having a look at Targo, he's still only 8% owned. After this week, he's barely going to escape being a pod still. So it's still a great time to be jumping on Brian, even if it's against my roosters.
0: Yeah, he was just in that sort of um buy bracket um post post round thirteen when there when a lot of people sort of were going back to sort of just having sort of two trades left. And when you're trying to sort of get your team, just get a team on the park with all the restings, it's kind of hard to get a get a bloke in um when you've only got sort of two trades and you're trying to fill gaps. So I think a lot of people kind of missed him, not because they wanted to um, <laughs> or wanted, wanted to sort of pass. on I think it was just kind of a luxury kind of trade. And then when he hit, hit that big number and did the same thing kind of last week, uh, I think everyone's kind of in the boat now where you look at the numbers and go, yeah, okay. So he's basically only had sort of one real sort of low score, was still a 38 doing nothing. So if you look at his last three, he just one of lowest one here. Prime target. I'm in the same boat. I want to get in this week. Um, I had my money set aside for Pappin Husing, but I think Ty has been going that well at the moment. It's just get him. <laughs> Hope Papi drops in the boot coin, then worry about that yep, in a couple of weeks. I it's agree. Scenario.
1: So, is strangely being traded in um, as the eighth most traded player at the moment. Now, obviously, some of this stuff will change, but I have to think if people are getting Suale, and that's not something that's going to be impacted by any news, you know, we've been having today. And I find it a little bit odd. You know, he's got a minus six B. He's around about 440,000. He's playing in the Penrith Panthers. You know, after the buy round, you know, around 18 and 19, it's two nice matchups for the Roosters with the Dragons and Newcastle. Maybe people are looking ahead. But I don't get it. I, I The only thing I can think of is because he's got a negative break even. And he's coming off 101 points against your boys at Eels. People are looking at him again as an option, but... I I don't think he's a run-home option. I don't think he's worth a trade in right now. He doesn't play round 17. Every week, Billy and TLT, there's one of the market watch guys getting traded in or out that just throws a spanner and you just go, I don't really understand. For me, this week, it's Suali. Even as a Roosters fan, there's no way I'd be trading in Suali this week.
0: Yeah, you know how keen I was on the right side wingers for the Chooks for the last of like, a couple of years, but um, I think I've experimented with every single one of them this year and... He was the best, the most sort of the cut in sort of about two, three, four weeks ago. So he just doesn't—he just doesn't have the base. So, like, yes, he goes over the line, and I know you can say exactly the same argument for uh, Alex Johnson he doesn't have the base, but he goes over the line significantly. Um, I just—I just don't trust him to get at least kind of two, two a week for the rest of the year. Like he does have a good draw. I wouldn't wouldn't begrudge anyone getting him, but. I think at that price, It just doesn't interest me at the price. That's all.
1: Yeah, he's definitely priced out of it. Like he, he's averaged fifty-five points a game this year, uh, and he's done that with twenty-six raw base, which is pretty solid. Uh, and when you put in his um, his base base attack, he's high thirties. So look, he's pretty solid, but sort of fifty-five average for the year. I kind of think that's what he's going to do. And you don't really want to be buying someone. To not be covering a buy or to be, and just to be one of your rotation center wings, it's a 55 average. Like I just think there's too many center wings that are better at that price point, like you said. I just don't see much upside at all for doing that trade at the moment with all the other options. So I'd certainly stay away from it. Uh, Billy, I already mentioned when we're looking at BEs for this one, I already mentioned guys like Teddy at 157 beer. Manu is close to 100 break even as well. Um, I'm actually going to sell Joseph Manu this week because I need to make a big call to fund some other moves. And he's a guy that is heavily owned at the moment. He's gone very well. I don't like the matchup this week against Penrith. He's not going to play round 17. Round 18, it's going to really hurt if he's playing fullback versus Dragons, but I'm just going to cop that because he's worth a lot of money at the moment, over 700,000. So that's going to be my, my sacrifice cash out for the next fortnight. But, you know, we've talked about selling these type of guys with Teddy and Manu and stuff and even the buyback options with them. Playing the Panthers this week, would you sit any of these guys? You know, if you own these star-studded Roosters players uh, that are expensive, you know, can you justify sitting a Joey Manu? Can you justify even sitting a Teddy this week?
0: If you own Teddy, you play and you Don't ever, ever drop him, um, Manu. Yeah, I, I would. I'd probably trade him as opposed to as opposed to bench him. I think it's silly. I his that is for us not not to play him and, and have have some and have that cash be utilized somewhere. So I don't. The bench. I think he's more of a uh, sell or play sort of option. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be playing anyone else in that team. I certainly wouldn't be touching Solali if I could. Um, I think just going one step further, I'd probably put um, Manu in the same sort of court as the uh, Talakai decision. Sort of, you know, go back sort of six weeks ago uh, when he was priced seven hundred k, seven hundred fifty, you know, k, whatever it was. Plenty held because he had a massive list of the soft run, just didn't didn't produce. I think um, Manu is going to sort of still produce, but I think if you take the um, this week's game and the buy one into in, into the equation, I think that kind of puts puts the decision in the same to sort of, the um, ball court.
1: Yep, yeah, and like they played in around eleven, and Manu scored forty three against the Panthers. Teddy was a sixty seven with the try, which wasn't great either. But I hundred percent agree that you know you, you own Teddy, you have to play him. And he could very well throw out a, a big game this week. You know, the Sharks were meant to be a, a really tough game at the time. They were the second best defense in the league in round 12. And that was Teddy's 144 point game this year. So you own Teddy, like Billy said, then you're going to play him. But Joey Martin is a little bit different. Um, He's bucked his trends this year uh, with his scoring. It's been a much better and I'd be really... I am really scared about round 18 and 19, not owing Manu. So I think a lot of it comes down to who you sell him to and what you get out of that trade. Uh, I don't think he's a trader necessarily. I kind of think that you have to play him if you own him as well, because these expensive guys, you know, can they're expensive for a reason. They can have those big games even against the top oppositions. But... Yeah, Manu, I would actually consider selling, and I am probably... I've already said I've already sold him. I don't think I'm going to reverse that decision, but I am going to hold and play Teddy for sure. Obviously, the elephant in the room in this one, we haven't talked about it. we brushed over the fact that people are still buying Cleary because we don't want to hassle those people that didn't own him. Uh, Vice-captaincy options. Cleary's coming off two tons that we kind of forget about because of rep weekend. Scored 103 round 15, 106 round 14. Both Great tap- captaincy scores. He's now got four scores, 100-plus, out of his 11 games. So, you know, around about 35 38%, I think that is. And two games out of his 11, he's got 150-plus. Roosters, he scored 84 points against in round 11. Um, that still would have been a pretty decent captaincy score. Coming off 166 points in origin, Billy, if that was scored for Coach, Do you go the full C on him and just go for it with the form that he's in after origin? Or do you sort of go, no, nah, I'll, I'll throw the VC on him?
0: Oh, I'd chuck the VC on him, but only if you've um, got a clear run with Um Trombojevic. He's 18th man, that kind of scares me <laughs> I wouldn't be chucking the C straight out of him. Like, even when, when they had that real soft game a few weeks ago when he was the guaranteed C-league game, whatever it was, he ended up on, what, 58 points or something or other. Then, uh last week had a real soft game, he was on, what, 80 points at halftime, 85 points at halftime. Finished on 100. Coming up against a tougher team post Origin, I know. I know it's the sort of decent sort of the rest. But coming up post Origin, oh, I just don't see the comfort factor, in just doing straight out. See, not
1: for me. Yeah, it's definitely not for me. though. I'm I'm VC him. Um, top sport better of the week. Roosters plus 15 and a half. You get dollar 95. Plus 22 and a half. You can pull it out to and still get a dollar 68. That's what I'm going to go for. Uh, I I don't have that much faith in my roosters, but I can give them a twenty-two and a half point start, and my faith is going to come back for them. But it is a good, <laughs> it is a great time really to talk about top sport. Based to be taking twenty-two and a half points for the roosters this week. Top Sport is a great sponsor of the NRA All Stars podcast. If you haven't heard of them, you can go to topsport.com.au and have a look, or you can download. They're very easy to use app, but Topsport is a 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. They don't just have sports. They've also got great odds in racing, and often both their sports and racing markets are the best odds that you'll find out of anyone. So go and check them out. If you're in a supercoach, which I'm assuming you are since you're listening to this, play performance markets is what Billy was talking about at the start of the podcast when he was saying you almost won 4K. It's, it's all about betting on fantasy point scoring with the bookie topsport.com.au. They've got an over and under that you can bet on for their point scoring. It's not Supercoach point scoring, but it's quite similar. They've got half a dozen different stats. They base it on the NRL stats. Bet the over or under and away you go. Um, you can clean it up on topsport.com.au, but if you're going to gamble responsibly. And also when you create an account, make sure you use our promo code. And that is sc all All one word. That way that they'll know that you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you. But topsport.com.au, get on them today. Dog Sharks Billy. Now, this one was one of those ones a few weeks ago where we were talking about load up on the Sharks. You know, they've got this great draw and includes a dog coming up. The dogs have been playing a lot better lately uh, and they smashed your eels. So (laughs) maybe it's not as as good as what we think. Um, But Bulldogs news, you know, they're the same side um, for the Sharks. There's no changes, but Wade Graham, McInnes... Uh, and also Finucane all had COVID and there was talk they might not play. They've all recovered from that and are fine. And because of the rep round, you know, they passed through the protocol period. So Sharky's a full strength. When we're talking about market watch, you mentioned a guy before Talakai. He is one of the most sold players at the moment. Um, And I'm really surprised.
0: Uh, I think he gets dropped.
1: Yeah. He's the seventh most traded player. And look, He's playing against the Bulldogs this week, um, and I know that he's, his form's been pretty up and down. Like, he's got a five-round average of 52, but I think that he's been coming back. He's three-round 61. He's gone 39, 79, and 65 the last three weeks, and his raw base over that period has averaged just a shade under 40 points, just his raw base, let alone his base-base attack. So he's, he's kind of really come back into the form that we wanted from him the last month of footy. Uh, as far as him sitting out Origin, I 100% agree with Billy. Like, oh, I don't think he's going to play Origin. So to me, trading him when he's playing the Bulldogs this week, who he could put on some points against, and he's also got a buy game next week, provided that he is dropped, which I think is pretty good male that he will be. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't make much sense to me, um, and I'd certainly be holding him. and I, And I think that he's still a value hold for the run home because... We're talking about going past the buy period, Billy, and, and looking at the run. You know, round 19 is hard against Penrith. But then they've got a golden run of games, the Sharkies. Round 20 onwards, run home of Souths, Dragons, Tigers, Manly, Bulldogs, Newcastle. It's a really good run. I just hold Talakai through. You know, maybe if he gets dropped next week, that's justification for next week. I don't see the point in trading him this week, though.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I think if if anything is even a VC option this week, um, uh, probably still do high end over to the top of him. But if you want if you want a pod pod VC, um, probably the week week to give it a go.
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely going to be a pod one, especially with people selling him. Um, real, it's <laughs> a fair point. <laughs> no one's coming in for the sharks. I find this really interesting, like super interesting, right? Because obviously Militalo has has been bought um, heavily for the last month, but he's still not heavily, heavily owned. Katoa is still a massive pod. um, And there's a lot of options in the shark side and no one's buying them. It's against the dogs playing the buying.
0: How many many, many do you want that? Like it comes down to it. Like like people, look, the generalization, because I don't know the exact stats, but surely for the top 1000, surely... All or a significant portion of Himes, a, snipp- a significant, significant say it, three times real quick, portion still owns the Talakai. guy. Um, a fair chunk were considering or close to sort of buying more tallow. Um, and you've obviously got Patella on the other side who didn't have the greatest game um, game last, last week. Um, but still, if you get him, that ends up being what, three, possibly four Sharks. Um, People are starting to think about sort of McInnes now too, and he's sort of more, more of a sort of mid-price kind of staple in the middle. Where where, where where do you stop? You can't have them all.
1: You can't have them all, but, I mean, someone like Militarlo, um, I, like I know he only had 43 last week against the Titans, but he's still only 9% owned. Like he's he's only in 9% of teams. Katawa, like if you want to talk about massive pods, the so only could tell for the Sharkies is he's 2% owned. And his last three weeks, which I've absolutely been loving as an owner, he's got 74, 93, and 66. He's got a three round average of 78 and a five round average of 67. And you could have bought him for 490,000 a month ago. Like the, these are the type of guys that I'm expecting people to be looking at for around 17 because they're the type of guys that can get towards a ton. Uh, or at least get your 70s or 80s, which is really big in a buy round. So I, I would 100% be looking at them. On, on break-evens, when we're having a look at the break-evens, a guy that's not getting a sniff at the moment is someone that we really should have picked up on a, a month ago. But because it's Matt Moylan, we just left it, and I think we all just ignored it. You know, but, but he was, <laughs> yeah, was 300,000 in round twelve. And he's now gone, you know, we spoke about that Shark's draw, Billy. We all spoke about it. We all salivated about it. And Matt Moyland hasn't been good, okay? That's no disrespect. He's sort of, he's in his 30s now. He just hasn't been very good. He's not a super coach option. He went 90 against the Titans last week and 101 against the Warriors the week before. He has been absolutely beating up on bad opposition lately. He scored a try both those weeks, but I mean, a try and getting 90 and 101. Pretty good scoring. He's got a minus 41 break-even and he's 426,000. Like when we talked at the beginning of the podcast about um, quick trade in and trade out guys, like don't get a Suwali with a negative breakeven or, or even a Grant Anderson. Get get a Matty Moylan if you've got a million trades. Just buy him for two weeks. You know, he'll make 100K in the next two weeks. He plays the Bulldogs this week, coming off 90 and 101 points and plays the buy round. You know, he's a, he's a massive pod, you know, 1% ownership. I'm not saying that Matt Moreland's going to continue it, but if you're looking at massive negative break-evens and you want to score some cash and get some buy cover, he's got the dogs this week and, and he ticks those other boxes. A little bit expensive now at 426. You know, if you bought him at 302 a month ago, that's that would have been a really astute or maybe lucky purchase, however, you want to look at it. But we haven't spoken about Matt Moreland all year, and yet here he is carving up.
0: Yeah, people just have, have these runs where they go well. I think another classic example, um, in that position, would be someone like uh, uh, Steve. He was only sold three hundred k two weeks ago. They had the immaculate draw, went over the line for a couple, gave a great break even. So if you can find someone like more than that's in a, that's in a decent team or has a has a has a soft draw at the right price, sometimes you just got fight um, the board or t- sort of t- take a punt see if it comes off. If it doesn't, at the very least it's a calculated yes.
1: Yeah, and at three hundred thousand it really wasn't gonna hurt you. Um four hundred and twenty six. I mean, he's still got the minus forty one break even. So it probably isn't gonna hurt you, but he is a five-eight or a um or a fullback. But one thing you could do this week, like if you got Munster ruled out and you own him and you just went, Okay, well, he's gonna be out for a couple of weeks, I'll get him back later. You could do worse than going straight to a Moil freeing up a couple hundred thousand and knowing you're gonna make at least a hundred K over the fortnight as well. So maybe there's some value in, in thinking about those type of moves. But as far as who's going to come up in this one, Nico Hines, he went 96 points against the Gold Coast Titans. I thought that was a bad game. He was around 60-odd points, and he updated massive. Um, the week before against the Warriors, he only got 61. And it did seem like the last two games, Billy, that Matty Moylan has taken a lot of his points. He's been getting the assists Moylan. And now Nico's yeah. average has gone from, like, mid-90s rivaling Pappenhausen as the best player in the game to 85. Now, 85 is still nothing to sneeze at, but you just sort of get the feeling that he has to be turning it around shortly. And against the Bulldogs this week, there is no way I'm not going to have a piece of it, whether it's VC or C. I don't care how much better the dogs are playing. I've got to have a piece of Hines as one of my captaincy options this week.
0: Yeah, true. Um, I haven't actually looked at whether this one's home in a way, way or not. So Sorry if I missed that. Is it? Who's this one's the-
1: away. Yeah, it's not at the Sharkies. It's away at Bulldogs.
0: Um, yeah, look, the way the Bulldogs have been playing the last sort of couple couple of weeks too, they'll have a lot more support, a bit more confidence behind them too. Um, look, I'd still have a crack at him, whether it's VC, whether it's VC or C. I wouldn't be doing it with as much confidence. But if I had to pick a C between him and Cleary, I'd be going in. No,
1: that's that's a fair call. I've, I'm going Hines for sure over Cleary. I think I'm going VC uh, Cleary and C Hines, but I'm I'm pretty sold on Hines this week. I think we're going to get a big score out of him because it's been five games since his last ton, and he was rattling them off like nothing the first couple of months. So pretty big on Hines this week, and I'm pretty big on all the Sharkies to be honest. Uh, even if the Bulldogs play well, Sharks have been scoring really well. They've got round 17 next week too, and depleted Storm side. So when we're looking at the top spot bet of the week for this one, the Sharks are $1.37. Uh, the bookies have been giving the Bulldogs a lot more credit. Minus eight and a half line for the Sharks. Quite like the minus eight and a half line, though, at $1.95. So I'm going to stick with that one. Cowboys-Broncos. Cotter's the most traded-out player. Makes complete sense. Uh, but the guy that's really controversial in this market watch for the Cowboys-Broncos, Billy, when we're looking at who's been named and team changes, uh, Payne haas we thought he was going to be out for maybe even up to six weeks. And he's, now he's been named. <laughs> it's just, it's really hard to get a gauge on where he's at. Um, Adam Reynolds is back and comes straight back into the side. Um, Mam keeps his spot. Those are the only changes. But you just get the feeling, you know, with Haas, I sold him when he first did his shoulder. He hasn't been great since. Um, I think a lot of teams sort of hit pause when they were trading him out. The numbers are probably even changing now that he's been named and people are just seeing it, but... His five round average of fifty one and his three round average of forty eight. This latest injury, even if he plays, and I'm not sure that he does, I'd just be cutting bait for the year. I really think this is a week. Yeah. Just cut bait for the year. I don't think you need to get Payne Haas back, and I think there's other options that you can go to that are just easy options. And he's just not been tearing up this second half of the season.
0: Even if he was healthy, like you, you look at his numbers that, he, that he's been punching out. They're not they're not massive. He doesn't go the line for tries so. He's not going to hurt. Yeah, I think it's just funny that can be used elsewhere. The, the only problem is oh, I don't think many people have uh, jewels in a second row three. So in order to punch him, you basically got to punch him for enough or, or what. Like um, if, if you don't own um, uh, Tarpani, maybe he is an option. But if, if, even even still, like he's not a big man of play. He's just been in beast mode lately. Um, I think King has actually been playing really well, so I'm, I'm actually happy to play him at the moment. People, uh, pretty much everyone has Papa Lee, so you can basically choose between King or King and Papa Lee or um, or um, uh, So I, I think for a lot of people, he's just going to be unfort- an unfortunate rider where you just just sit there and leave him there.
1: Yeah, you can do that too. Um, I mean, I think with the uncertainty with him, a lot of people have gotten cover over the last few weeks so i don't think many people are going to be caught out if he does you know get benched and can't play but make sure you got him as one of your reserves so you can change it to someone else that's probably the big thing but look i i'd i'd probably just sell him and bite the bullet i think there is a few options we've mentioned a few of them there um but one of the guys that he's getting traded in and i was kind of a bit surprised because i looked at him a couple of weeks ago and went ooh this guy looks really good um and i'm i'm looking forward to that broncos game especially if they got Reynolds out still and and they're a bit under strength 6% ownership, Valentine Holmes, ninth most traded in player. And I was actually looking at him for the run home because he's actually been quietly playing quite well for Supercoach. 550000 very much a head-to-head purchase because if you really want round 17 cover, you're not going to be able to do it. But he's got 99, 65, and 59 in the last three games. Uh, obviously, goal-kicking for the Cows, but the Cows draw also is going to open up pretty big now where they've got the Broncos, then the buy. Um, obviously, Sharks in 18 is a tough one, but then they hit the Tigers, the Dragons, the Bulldogs, hard on against the Roosters, and then the Warriors and a couple of harder ones to finish up on. But they've got a pretty stellar run of games until the till the last couple of rounds of the season. So Holmes actually looked at and went, wow, you know that's, that's a really good pot at 6% ownership uh, and someone that you can have for the run home. If you're head-to-head, I think he's a huge purchase at the moment, goal-kicking for the way the Cowboys are playing, and he's, the last few weeks, got a three-round average in the 80s.
0: Yeah, I can, I can see where you are going there. Um, uh, I don't really have anything to add apart from what what you've said. Just, I just I can't I couldn't pull the trigger on it. Um, give me another angle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I, I, this is my angle. Okay, he's he is playing his old club, the Sharks in eighteen. Then he's hitting the Tigers, the Dragons, and the Bulldogs for a month for the run home. And this is after hitting a depleted Bulldogs side uh, this round sixteen, so I reckon that's a pretty good five weeks. Yeah,
0: I didn't actually. I actually didn't realise how soft, soft their draw was. Um, I, I, I missed out. I've missed out on a few players in that in, in that in that team for the last for the last sort of um, the last sort of month. I got unlucky with Cotter as well. So there's a few players I didn't need mm. that really in the cell at the moment. But if you're looking for a pod, I think you've kind of hit one on that. Head there. Um,
1: they just, actually uh, don't leave Queensland until around twenty as well. You're
0: just going to be able to get through that sort of um, next, next to the buy round, but if you could do that, uh, you, you're obviously going to make, it, make up points for that run. What, what was his actual ownership again?
1: Six percent ownership, and the next three games are all at home. In town, yeah, right?
0: that's pod territory, and, you've got to, and you you've got to remember that's not six percent of people in the top one thousand or It's going to be more, a lot lower than that, so. Because um, you got to remember, with 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 SuperCoach, the 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 stats own the ownership stats, right? Obviously, from everyone, but half forty, fifty, sixty thousand players, are people that just do this for a bit of fun and drop out. So you got to remember, there's lots of dormant teams where people sort of pick their favourite sort the of players for their own sort of teams to start here to drop out. So a couple of percentage points there are going to be from um, people that aren't really in there anymore. Um, and others that just use the, you know, um, makeshifts of the hybrids. So the, re- re- the real ownership is probably going to be half that.
1: Yep, very, very true, mate. Um, and look, in this game, when you're looking at guys that are pretty highly owned, that you can sacrifice it up, that um, aren't going to play the buy, mm-hmm. Selwyn Cobo is 600, 650000 and he's 24% owned. Like, I spoke about how I sold Manu. If I owned Cobo, he'd be straight out this game. Like, I against the best defence in the comp at the Cowboys um, and a little bit underdone, the, the Broncos. Like, oh, I, this is the perfect week to sell Selwyn. He's obviously going to play Origin.
0: Mate, Cobber gives me the shits. Like, I didn't start the season with him because I, I, looked, looked, I looked at his output and thought, nah, he doesn't really put much of the effort in. Those guys are useless and he sits outside stacks. Then when I watched his first game, like, he was... He nearly went over the line a couple of times. He was threatening. He um, had a line break. He was tackle busting. And I thought, ah, this guy's going to kill me at the price I just can't afford to miss it. So I ended up getting him in. Then he does no, no runs, no nothing for God knows how many weeks. Then I sell him. Then all of a sudden he starts going on a tear, scoring a try week, try a week, try a week. Goes on a massive tear. Then... Then you think, then he gets selected for selected for Origin. You think, look, this this guy is actually just performing out of his skin. Maybe you need to get him in. So I didn't get him in, didn't get him back in. But then you then you look at him the last couple of weeks, he does nothing again. Like he's just one of those frustrating, frustrating players It just doesn't have any consistency with, with 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 work ethic.
1: I just have no idea how he isn't one of the most sold players this week. Like I'm really stumped on it. He's six hundred fifty thousand. He's got a break even. I have one hundred eighteen. He's gone 60 points plus across his 13 games, only 38% of the time. He's gone 70 mm-hmm, yeah. plus, only four out of 13 games. Um, the majority of his games are actually sub-50, and he's got strings of games in the 20s. Like a, It's a no-brainer. He's not playing around 17. He's playing the top defense in the NRL this week, in the Cowboys. Yep. He, he, he should be getting sold, but it's not happening. Uh, that's my... That's my Big sell for the week is Cobbo, but obviously a lot of owners don't want to. 24% ownership and still very strong. Um, But, mate, look, in this one, Cowboys-Broncos, the only other one to talk about is Drinkwater's been going really well. We've spoken enough about his numbers and and what a great season. I'm actually going to hold him for the season now, I've decided. Like, I, I was planning on maybe selling him to Pappenhausen when I first got Drinkwater for that cover for the first buy round, mm. I'm just going to hold yeah. him now because I, I can't afford to sell him with that draw that he's got. It's just too good. He's now got a, a three round average of 86, five round average of 66. For the season, he's averaging 73. He's just been safe as a bank. Um, but playing against yeah, Brocco, no point getting rid the him. No.
0: Yeah. yeah. The only other one that you haven't mentioned, which I'm interested in. And I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I could buy him because he will play Origin three, and also he's um doesn't have sort of massive hundreds in him because he's a forward. But with Payne Haas at the injury cloud, I really really like what how Carrigan's been playing lately. He's a workhorse, just gets in there, makes runs, makes meters. I can see him sort of um, maintaining a sixty sort of, a sixty to 60, a sixty to seventy sort of average um, for the rest of the year, but is that big enough to get him in to fill a void at the moment or is that too too pottish for not really sort of much upside?
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail there. It's it's just too pottish for not much upside in that second-row spot. Um, And, like he's been good, like three-round average is 68, five-round average is 65, season 64. But I just sort of think he's going to be that solid mid-60s and that's really what he's been the last sort of – since round nine when he returned from injury. So what do you think? What do you think
0: the optimal starting three for the run home should be for second row? Like, is, is it like, keeping in mind that sort of Papali should should realistically be in the front row, like your primary your primary front rower with some with with, with you know Haas or someone else you got there. Who would you have as, as the not the must haves, but the maybe the best of the three to five sort of candidates to finish the and
1: second row? That's a real tough one. Um, I'm not sure that we've seen it yet. It's just, I, I don't think that we've seen second row pan out yet. I mean, th- there's guys obviously like Papalii that I agree should be in front row forward. Um, a couple of other guys that we're going to talk about shortly in Murray and Madison. Fafita's coming back from injury. I, I think second row forward's got some of the most unknowns because, I mean, you've got guys like Fafita who maybe he comes back well. We just have to wait and see. And then he could, you know, go straight up to the top. Um, you got guys like um, Madison that's been playing out of his skin, but he's probably been playing above where anyone thought that he would. Um, but you'd think that these type of guys would be up there. But then you've also got guys like Josh Curran, who look like one of the top few secondary forward options, but has been injured and just come back. So I don't think that we know yet. Like it's it's a real yeah. it's a real hit and miss spot at the moment with a lot of unknowns.
0: Yeah. Who who, who would have thought Oleg Guati would be sort of at the top of the list or close to it, sort of at the start of the season? Like it's the tackle buses just seem to emerge.
1: It's funny too, because um, he's actually someone that, that is helped by Turbo not being there, which is strange, but all, all the stats show yeah. that he's so much better when Turbo's out. Second row, interesting. At the end of season review, we'll do it together. I'm going to be really interested yeah. in what second row pans out as, because it's probably the most unknown position at the moment, I think, for the run home. Um, but look, sticking to this game, I brought up Drinkwater because he might be a, a vice captain option for me. Um, but, I'm looking at Hines and, and Cleary. If you own those guys, I don't think you can go past them, but he could be a sneaky one. And by a sneaky one, I mean talking specifically to head-to-head players. You know, if you're a couple of games in and you're just absolutely shot and someone's going to put the C on Hines halfway through the um, round and you need to catch up, maybe you spin off and go to a um, a drink water. You know, that's probably the only reason I could see to do it. But top swap better of the week on this one to round it up. Uh, I'm definitely taking the Cowboys. I can't believe that they're a dollar forty-five. Uh, I, I think that's great odds for them to beat the Broncos this week, and I'm going to be all over that one. But Souths and the Parramatta Eels, Billy, we get to your boys finally. It's a funny game because the Rabbits have been really out of form, but they've got Latrell Mitchell returning, so it'll be really interesting to see whether he's one peak fitness and to able to really make them look different than what they have in their attack. Uh, the eels, they've got um, Ryan Madison named, but there's some mail that he's got a rib injury that he's been carrying, and he could be out. So Madison owners will need to look for that, uh, and certainly if you're going to buy him early, uh, you need to have a look at that as well and wait till next week. But mostly full strength, Billy. Uh, when we're having a look at market watch for this one, Ilias is being sold heavily, so he should be. Uh, market watch in though. We talked about second rowers, so this is a great segue. Cam Murray is the fourth most traded in player at the moment, uh, and I sort of, Why? I, I really like Cam Murray, but I didn't see that I didn't see that coming at all. Um, and he also copped a head knock as well, uh, but he's gone uh, a respectable three round average of sixty three, five round of sixty six, averaging seventy three for the year, which very quietly is actually his best season ever. So six hundred thousand, he looks like a decent buy, but you know he is playing the Eels. He does have a break even at 88. It just seems like one of those buys that you, you probably wouldn't want to make this week. You just sort of make round 18 if you wanted him for the run home.
0: Yeah, I remember he was like the mill too. So maybe they're thinking this is the week that he goes off. Um, the, the other thing is too, like you, you just said it yourself, he's, he's having his best of the season ever and he hasn't really been doing anything uh, outlandish super coach wise. Um, if you go back to the first probably six or seven, seven or eight games of the season, too, like he wasn't really, he wasn't getting through the line. Like you, you go back to last year, there were strings of games where he was having long break try, long break try. He was just getting through. He just wasn't doing it this year. wasn't getting through. So for him to be averaging as high as he is, it's kind of stuck on the radar radar a little bit. Maybe that was manifested by a couple of big games, but um, he's certainly working hard. I, I, I can't explain it, Matt. Matt does Reynolds not, 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 is Reynolds not being there making a difference to, difference to him with having to having to do more at the middle? I don't know. I, I can't explain it, mate. But
1: well, it's funny too because South it. haven't been playing well, so it hasn't been been like there's been heaps of points there for him. Yeah, they've
0: had a couple of games that have been flogged. So, like, I, I think the South have single handedly destroyed my season, apart from me being a moron, um, <laughs> having, have, 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 having, you know, sort of, um, um, <laughs> What, what I have at one point, I've got um Nick Arima, I and Milne, I had uh, Wa- uh Walker, uh, Alex Johnson, <laughs> it's oh, as well as uh Joe Arrow. I think I had half the rabbits when they went on the losing streak, and just single handedly destroyed by season mate. But I won't, I'll tell you what, I won't be making that, that mistake again.
1: Well, I'm glad I didn't get Milne because I looked at him hard, but I did get Cody, um, and that hasn't been as good as what I hoped. But he's still not been too bad. But, I mean, sticking to this game, Brown is actually the fifth most trading in player at the moment. And I I suspect some people are going monster to Brown, looking towards round 17, which is guaranteed to play him. And, look, probably like people like Wilford will probably say I'm the – flag bearer of the Dylan Brown hater fan club. And uh, you know, there's probably some truth to that. I haven't given him a lot of credit, but I've said several times this year, he's been a lot better than what I, than what I ever thought he would be. 73 points a game, uh, getting traded in very heavily. And look, Souths haven't been very good. So it, it does make sense. And one of the things like that's made me look at your Eels this week, especially Souths haven't been good. They've obviously got the buy next week uh, and that's against the Tigers. And then they hit the Warriors after that. So you can argue that these next three weeks are really plumb matchups for the Eagles and great point scoring for their spine. So a lot of people getting Dylan Brown for 630,000, 73 average, really good reason to. Um, but I'm going to throw it out there to you uh, that Mitchell Moses is actually 50K cheaper um, and only averaging three points less for the season, but that includes an absolute shocker of an eight-point game against the Cowboys in round eight. Um, Mm -hmm. If if he didn't have that one, he'd actually be higher than Brown, but he did. And he's got that run of, you know, South Tigers, Warriors, the next three as well. I would almost lean towards paying less and and getting Moses. Um, And the other one, which nobody's going to like, especially you, is if I didn't have any money, you know, for $150,000 less than what, Brown is, you could get Clint Gutherson in your spine. I mean, he's been terrible lately. Three-round average of 47, five-round average of 54. Why would you do it? Because nobody owns him, and because he's going to fire in some of these games, because he just has to. He's not going to uh, be that far below his average as the last couple of years. So if you can get him back out of your team,
0: Told you he's shit. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, the,
1: these next three weeks, is going to be Gutho time, I think. But I, I would have to buy you know, one nah. of those other two ahead of him. But, this is.
0: You know. I did this last year. I, the thing with Gutho is, unless he's goal-kicking, he'll have a soft draw. There'll be two or three games that where he's got a soft draw leading, leading up. He'll have a massive score, and then he'll score 20 and 20, and then he'll play the buy round, score 30 in the buy round. Then all of a sudden, you'll have injuries and you'll have to cover those and, and have to play. Him. And all of a sudden the massive score that he has and the, the 30, 40 points that you get in the buy round, are completely offset by you having to hold him for the rest of the season because of because of injuries and depth covers. So oh, you've got I, to trade him I, out. You've got to be I able to just, trade him out. I, you've got to, if you're going to get him in, just for the love of God, just have some depth to cover in there so that you don't have to play him. Yeah.
1: You, you've got to trade him out. Like I, I think, if you're going to look at him, and I, I'm considering it for the round 17, but Souths this week, I like the matchup for your Eels. It's a it's a three week play. Souths Tigers Warriors. Like if I was going to sell, um, if I had a heap of trades like that, 20 plus trades, and I was going to sell like a Teddy, Teddy to Gutho, three up, two hundred fifty thousand, uh, and get Gutho for Souths Tigers by New Zealand, and then sell him back straight out, and something like that would work. But I mean, look, we're talking about these spine options. Gutho, Moses and Brown. Is there an argument that two out of these three will fire for the, that, that run of games? And maybe you should be stacking up on eels for that round 17 versus the Tigers. Like, is there an argument to get at least two out of these three in for that bye round if you want to hit it hard and to start this week with South? Oh,
0: I, I love the boys, but I just, I just don't see all three of them firing at once. If you're going to pick one, I'd probably... I'd probably go Moses because he's the one that's kicking goals. He's got He's, he's generally the fifth tackle option. Yes, he's got a couple of stinkers in him, but it's only when you're playing sort of, you know, uh, top sort of teams. If he's, if he's got a couple of decent games in him and covering a bye, um, he's probably the one that you want to get in because he has a higher sort of ceiling. Dylan Brown can be on sort of 40, 40, 40 points, and then we'll have a line break sort of try to get you out of jail. He doesn't have like the... He, um, Moses is more volatile, but I think for stability in regards to goal kicking with a with a, with a short sort of runway or a short draw, um, yeah, he's probably he's probably the preferable route. Um, Garthson's Guth, all he can do is kind of sweep left and pass the past the ball to Can't do anything on the right side. Doesn't doesn't have big sort of tackle busting hit up game. He's more he's more of a late sort of sweeper, and I really don't want to bank on him having two or three or four a game. It wouldn't be worth worthwhile.
1: Oh, Simo is back, but yeah, look, just to stick to form of hating Dylan Brown and um, (laughs) I'll I'll go, I'll go Moses and Gutho. I'll I'll get those two out of the three and then I'll I'll sell Gutho for sure later on. But um, yeah, Brown, Moses and Brown deserve to be top two in that order, Um, but Gutho is only 5% owned. So that's your pod play out of them because the other guys are 13, 14% owned. And they're going to get higher, whereas Gutho, I don't think anyone's going to be buying him. So hasn't had a good season. Um, But I'm going to go out on a limb this game. I reckon that Gutho will fire against Souths. I'm going for an 80-plus Gutho. And that brings me to the last guy in this game, Sevo. He's my purchase this week. Um, I'm buying Sevo this week for this game against South. I like what um, I saw of him like last week. He scored his try, got his 78 points against the Roosters, uh, and I think he looks pretty healthy, but I think the big thing for me, Billy, is that he's got a break even over, only around 60. His price point of $486,000 is relatively cheap. He is one of those guys that if you're going to sell a Joey Manu, you know, I'm going Manu to Cebo, and that's going to free me up uh, $225,000, and I'm going to get that round 17 cover where the Cebo double against the Tigers is on, but I think that he's a decent chance against the US this week of getting a double as well, and then he's obviously got the Warriors for that three-week run, so... Yeah, Sebo this week for me, um, and I'm expecting Gutho to throw him a couple.
0: That's probably a really good point. Purely looking at that, um, the the next buy round for, for the yeah for the match up. Sorry.
1: yeah, look, someone like Sebo for that by round against the Tigers, like he's, I think he's someone that you should be penciling because when you're looking at center wings for the round 17 buy, you know there's obviously the Sharkies guys, but then you're really um, you're really looking for those high upside guys, and Sebo is someone that can get that double in that round.
0: Yeah, you look at the, I think the drink water for war. Well, the drink water uh, break-even was pretty high going into that last buy round and probably, probably put a few people off going, going in just for one game and it crushed it. So if you can get someone, um, I was going to say someone lighter than Phil in a mean, if you can get one of those eels <laughs> of your choosing that's, that's going <laughs> to do the job for that game, pick the right one, well done, but I, I can't picked the right one for you. Which,
1: uh... Uh, top spot bet of the week, $1.54 for your reels, all over it. And I'll tell you what, Sevo, anytime try, mate, he's only just back. So they've got good numbers for him still if you want to get a punt on him. To score a try anytime, he's eighty five. Beautiful, beautiful odds. Warriors Tigers, this isn't going to be one to write home about, but the big news for this one is it, going to, it is going to be at Mount Smart Stadium. It's the first game back for New Zealand. That's not great for the Tigers because they're probably looking ahead thinking that they might get the win here. But going over to Mount Smart for the first game back in New Zealand for a couple of years, it isn't the, the best time to grab the Warriors. Aiken's back. He's he's actually going into the centers. Um and then we've got some bench changes, which are pretty irrelevant. Uh, but for the Tigers, look, there's nothing really Supercoach relevant aside from the fact that Adam Dewey has been relegated to the bench again. He's going to be an extreme pod for next week. at maybe around 600K after he drops again, but probably too expensive. Other than that, mate, this, this game's a little bit barren. Um, Aitken is the ninth-most traded-out player. I traded him out a couple of weeks ago. I was happy with that decision. Um, someone like Adam Dewey this week, I'd normally be all over if he was starting at six and cheap enough, but he's actually benched anyway. Uh, there's just there's not much in this one. Um, my boy Garner that I thought might have been okay, he hasn't really been firing, but against the Warriors edges maybe he does. Is there anything in this one that you like to no. see? Super- <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you sure you don't want to rethink that? I'll try that? to be a little bit more. Look, if,
0: it was little, look, if this was last year, um, obviously to Harris, um, like he, he's at a price where he, he, he's, he's going to... He's at a price where he is sort of purchasable and going to get some decent points, but until he starts scrolling numbers, uh, you, you can't do it. Particularly with the buy round already gone. To answer your question, um, I would love to see a Sean a Shawn Johnson sort of display. first um, of those Tigers are hanging out at Mount Smart, but for the sake of trying to cover for the for the buy round, I just can't see anyone really slipping in it, it's kind of going to make me want to take the bait, mate.
1: I'm going to throw one name out there just to give this game some credence for Supercoach. Yeah. Uh, extreme pod, especially for head-to-head players to consider against the Tigers pack at home, Josh Curran. he um, He's down to 495000 which is pretty cheap. We're talking about second-row stocks and not knowing where it's going to go. Played 80 minutes last week with 63 points. That included a try, though. But he's obviously shown last year where he averaged 67 points what a gun he is. And and he's going to be fully back in the rotation now playing big minutes against the Tigers pack uh, at home. First game back at Mount Smart. I think he could do really well. And the fact that, you know, 40% of the games now that are remaining for the Warriors are actually going to be in New Zealand. Uh, I think it will help um, the side sort of compete a little bit better. So that's probably a good thing for the forwards like current sub 500 K. If you want a head to head gun that is going to go under the radar as a pod, you, you could go flyer this week and even just get some decent points. But in draft I'd be targeting current cause I think you could get him cheap at the moment. Cause he hasn't had a great season. and It's been punctuated by injury.
0: Yeah. Also is in the spot that yeah, you're really sort of wanting bigger minutes in the middle. Um, I actually prefer him on on the edge, but um, a bloke of his sort of caliber getting decent minutes in the middle, as long as he's getting the decent minutes, and it's not going to be what the, uh, like the Warriors sort of forty five minute rotation, then you, you got to be happy with that.
1: Top swap in of the week: West Tigers two dollars fifty five. I I would have taken the plus four and a half and a dollar ninety for the Tigers, but being at Mount Smart, um, I just really can't. I just really can't tell. You'd think the Warriors would get up. Uh, but these type of games, they're full of emotion. Sometimes that doesn't work in the favour of the the home team, like the Warriors.
0: Yeah. Uh it's it's look mate, the, the quality of the team going over, and the fact that it's at a, uh, an absolute packed stadium for the first time in two years. It kind of reminds me of a, of a subpar he's going to play the ball acts at Eden Oh jeez, <laughs> and just. And just I just can't see it. I just can't see
1: it. That's a pretty big call. Look, I'm, I'm just going to go straight for David Nofaluma. Four tries on the weekend in rep round. Two dollars ten versus the the worst conceding centre wing for Super Coach in the competition in the Warriors. Two dollars ten for Nofo to score anytime. There's our money. I'm not going to try and pick a winner. Dragons Raiders.
0: Usually, you say, usually you say the same say the same about people attacking? No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you could go for both. Like <laughs> you get great odds on that. <laughs> go for both of them. Dragons Raiders. Uh, now, this one is not a great one to finish on either. There isn't a huge amount of uh, changes or interest for these teams. But you know, no changes at all for the Dragons. But Ben Hunt is a chance to pull out, which will mainly hurt uh, draft options. Jack and returns, which is going to be really good for the Raiders. Uh, and this one is at Wollongong, so it is away from AO, so they're going to need him. Um, but other than that, you know, we've also got Savage there, but Clockstad is on the bench. So for owners of Savage like you, Billy Maroon, you're going to be watching that to see what happens with uh, Nicole Clockstad. But on the market watch, Tappany is the second most trading player. We've spoken about him a lot in the last few weeks of footy. I I sort of said um in a podcast without you, Billy, that, you know, me and Wilfred were lamenting the fact that he's been just killing it for five weeks now. You know, he's got a five round average of seventy eight, a three round average of eighty five, but you're still just so scared of the Ricky Stewart minutes going back down. I think at this point, um, especially with guys like Payne Haas not firing, you just have to bite the bullet and just say, you know, he's six hundred and thirty thousand, but He's averaging 64 in the year, but more importantly, that last five rounds looks like what he is now. For five weeks, he's killed it and he's got a 78 average over that price, over that range. And he's he's a front row forward, second row forward duel, so you can have him in there. I I'm was too scared the last five weeks to have bought him. Um, but I think at this point he he's earned the right to buy him. The Raiders actually have a pretty decent draw coming up as well, with a lot of home games at GAO, which suits them. Uh so I'm I'm aboard the the Joe Tarpany bandwagon now. I think that you're gonna see the season out as one of the top front row forward options.
0: He takes every second hit up, like every time you look up, like stop I feel like I say I feel like saying to the screen, stop stop taking hit ups. You drive me insane, mate. I think yeah, I realise he has a massive PPM and I realise why people talked about him as a point to start the season. But why all of a sudden does he need to start, you know? Playing 55, 56 minutes and taking every second hit up. It's demoralizing when you don't own him.
1: Oh, look, I've, I've lamented many times on this podcast that I could have got in um, in round 16, around uh, 13 for the buy and I didn't do it. It just, it absolutely killed yeah. me. But look at
0: the offloads too. Well, I
1: was about to say the offloads, like he he had three offloads last, last week, I think it was, um, or maybe just a couple, but the week before he had like six. And that's the thing. Like, the, the thing that's really sold me on him this week, his minutes went down to 45 on the weekend, which is the lowest that he's played since round 10 when he was getting really crap minutes. But he still scored 82 points and 58 of it was in base and he had a line break try assist in there. Like, he's just, the way he's offloading, it's, it's just not mattering. You know, he only played 54 minutes in round 14. And he scored 95 points because he had six effective offloads. Like, you just can't stop him at the moment, and it doesn't look like... It looks like Ricky Stewart's just freed him and just said, you can just go for it, mate. And that's what he's doing. So I'm not even scared anymore if he plays that 45- to 50-minute games in there. Uh, I think he's still going to be able to score well. So Payne Haas to Tappany, it's a really popular trade this week, and I fully support it. Um, The only other one I will mention, though, a real smoky, and I have to say, like, I saw him myself, so I don't want to say that I've stolen this idea, but I actually noticed when I was playing Tim Moody last week um, that he had Hudson Young in his team. And I was like, oh, I was looking at Hudson Young three weeks ago because he had a bit of a good edge run of games coming up. He's got a 37 BE and he's now 564,000. But for head-to-head players, you know, last year's champ owns him. He's averaging 61 for the year. But when you're having a look at his last um, five rounds, he's averaging 73. And he's averaging 75 for the last three. He, he's basically from round 10 onwards been on fire. And that and that goes along the same lines as Joey Tarpany on the timeline. But like basically after round 10, it looks like what's happened is Ricky Stewart's worked out his rotation for his forwards. He's sort of taken the first couple of months of the season. And then he's gone, right, these are the guys that I need to be playing. And then away we go. And he's been playing to their strengths. We've spoken about Joey Tarpany playing to his strengths. One of the things that's happened with um, Hudson Young is he's actually scored four tries uh, in his last eight appearances as well. Um, so he's been playing really well as an attacking weapon on that edge. Plays the Dragons this week. Uh, a really good pod attacking that edge of the Dragons. Round 18 against the Storm, but then what does he hit in 19 and 20? Two of the best edges that he could attack. The Warriors and then the Titans. So I'm just going to throw that as a bit of a, a real smoky pot out there. If you think that the second row option's aren't, you know, firing for you as a head-to-head player and you want to smoke him. He's owned by hardly anyone, but he is owned by last year's champ.
0: I'm one spitting 17 times shy, mate. I, um, every time I've owned him in the last couple of years, I thought I was clever. He goes on a task, has a couple of good games, and then um, yeah, either A, Ricky benches him or puts him in a position where he gets to 40 minutes, or he goes and gouges someone else out and, like, Get stuck with him. So, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I just keep like, oh, my way. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't do it again. Like I've been trying to be um, too clever the last the last couple of years, and he's uh, won me a couple of competitions and some fantasy points because he, you're right, he's underrated he's an attacking and He gets over the line, so well, I'm going to keep up uh, persisting with him um, on, on that front. But um, as for getting him in, uh, I think I'll I think I'll pass mate. Given they've already played that bye.
1: Yeah, it is a tough one. It is more of a head-to-head one. Um, if you can get him in draft, great. But yeah, he does have a good run of games. If you've got the trades, this next month of footy is pretty good for Hudson Young. And 75% of his games the last two months of footy, he's gone 60-plus. And he's got a big ton in there of 102 as well. So can get the big ones in there as well. Uh, top spot bet of the week for this one. Finish off the round. $1.74, Raiders right are favourites. But it's at Wollongong. At $2.10. You know what I'm going to do, Billy? I'm going to admit to one of my big super coach tragedies that I try and keep a secret from a lot of people, especially when I'm talking on a podcast, trying to give people my insights. And that is that I bought Nikali Ravalawa for next to no money, just thinking that he might be a play every now and then. Hasn't been good for me. um, And he's been out, but he's $2.14. And I'm even going to play him this week against the Raiders. I think he's going to go across the line. Um, and he's he started scoring again last week, so he's hoping he's on my bench last week. Maybe thirty-five grand, I reckon. Big Rubber Lara is going over for at least one, and it's two dollars fourteen odds on Top Sport to finish up on. I
0: think you should have kept that one a secret. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I got I got, got to say I didn't I didn't spend on him. He was he was cheap. He was like two hundred sixty thousand. But yeah, he's gonna give me he's gonna give me cover next week, mate. He's gonna turn to up for sure. Uh, it's 17. a no
0: from me, but I not... I'm not. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate the sentiment. Um, the only thing going in your favour is I think from memory, I'm pretty sure the um, the first high scorer for the year round one or two actually had him in there. So pretty sure it was a Dragon supporter. But I'm pretty yeah. sure that he he uh, has had a couple of big ones. But apart from that, uh, probably not the round you've earned him.
1: No. No, he had the hattie against the uh, the Warriors and then took another 10 weeks before he scored a try. So, yes, not a good run right. for, for McKaylee, <laughs> but $2.14 odds on Top Sport. Don't buy him in Supercoach like I did because he's too expensive now anyway. But $2.14, I reckon he's a good bet. That is the podcast for this week. Billy, it has been a pleasure talking about Round 16 Supercoach options after a week off. Thanks,
0: Mike. Good the chat with you. it would be a bit more interesting next week when it's not just sort of... Uh plain sort of a uh, black and white, sweet and sour.
1: Going to be huge next week. So everyone tune in for next week, especially because it is going to be a buy around special. We're going to look at all the round 17 buy options, which is going to be the last chance for you to really rise up the regs. So definitely tune into that one. But if you're trying to find the podcast, you can get it everywhere. But iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, on all those ones, uh, definitely subscribe. So you get the episodes straight away follow us on Twitter nRL underscore SC underscore all stars and hit up topsport.com.au great sponsor of the NRL allstars podcast and they've got promo code sc all active to so make sure if you create an account they'll know you're one of our listeners thanks for tuning in good luck with round 16 look forward to the talking Footy episode at the end of the week and talking supercoach again for TLT round 17 hey now you're an allstar get your game on go play Hey
0: now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid